I'm Cece, and this is Spela Golf. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, I've been needing to give you some updates. Go for it. Um, I went to Torreon last week. For those who don't know, Torreon Golf Club is a private club in northern Arizona in Cholo. Um, I go up there um, through the summertime the past like three years you have a cabin there and yeah we have a cabin Let's there well because okay there. okay <laughs> well let me back it up so we are originally from pine top arizona and so it's okay in cello so pine top is just like 30 minutes away so i grew up like the first like six years of my life in pine top and my oldest sister she went there all the way through high school and so we've kind of always had a cabin there because that's where we have some family still too so yeah. You know, it's still luxurious. <laughs> I want a cabin in Sholo. Oh, you'll get one. I know you. You know you will. Yeah, I'll get there. Anyways, so um, I played in what's called TWGA Torreon Women's Golf Association, and it was the first tournament of the season, and I won. It was a Yay. scramble. It was super fun. Um, we shot minus six. I played, the ladies I played with, they were like, girl, you got to get that three wood out of the bag. I mean, there was one hole we were, I was like 210 away and they're like, hey, get your three wood out of the bag. And I'm just thinking like, this is so not me. I would not do this in a tournament, but I got us on the green. And so I, it was very much kind of felt like fearless golf but it's because I had them to depend on. So I just kind of have to find that way of like, man, how can I be this fearless, but when I'm on my own? And so that was kind of the learning lesson I take in from playing in that scramble. And so I, I really liked it. And speaking of the TWGA, I am the youngest because I'm 22, but in the inside, I am literally 40 years old. I have the heart of a 40 year old. I wow. love Diet Coke, golf, TV shows. Yes, literally. Let's <laughs> literally be crochet. I mean, come on. <laughs> Sorry, mom. That makes it kind of old. <laughs> but it makes you happy. It does. It does. And I love it. So yeah, that was kind of the main highlight from last week. So yeah. Well, and now you're back here in Chandler. Well, you live in Mesa. Yeah. Mesa. I live in Gilbert. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but we both uh, work in Chandler. Yeah, we're both in Chandler. Well, that's exciting. I'm glad that you got to go up there and show them who owns the place from mm -hmm. week one mm -hmm. proud of you can't wait i have some more tournaments upcoming that i can't wait for so yeah me neither i look forward to it so today we are going to talk about structured practice so from an instructor's standpoint kind of like what is that what is a structured practice so what i see most and since i've been doing this now like I said in the last episode, but I'm going on year number nine and I've learned a lot from being an instructor. And I, one thing that I'm good at is that I take a lot of feedback. So I just kind of process every day and I take what's good and I take what's bad. Like I created a lot of programs over the years. I'm the director of junior instructor, junior instruction at the golf course where I teach. And so I created all those programs and I just love feedback. I just want to know how to make things better. Um, and so the one thing that I've taken away from my years of teaching is every time someone comes for a lesson, right? They're like, oh gosh, I learned so much and you helped me so much and now I can swing the right way or I can putt the right way. And But what do I do now? Like, where, what do I do? Where do I go? 
how do I do it? When do I do it? And I also teach a lot of students that come for a lesson and then they book their second one. And I'm like, all right, like how, how much did you practice? Oh, I, I didn't have time. I was busy. I was doing this. I was doing that. And so I always tell them like, you, you can't come back for a lesson until you at least gone out once to practice. Um, and like, we're going to highlight that a lot. Yes. Right. Just practicing. Like you have to practice to get better. Like if you're, I don't know, trying to lose weight, you can't just try to lose weight for one day and then like, okay, now I'm like skinny or strong or whatever it is that your goals are. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the same in golf. Like just because it's harder to see it doesn't mean that you don't have to do it. <laughs> like you yes. have to practice. Exactly. And I learn a lot. A lot of people come to me and they're like, I'm not playing well. Why? Why? And I'm like, well, if you practice, it's the same thing for me. I was like, people tell me, oh, I but I don't have time. And I'm like, well, make time, make time, set yeah. aside. Literally, you can set aside like 30 minutes of your day. If you literally are having a crappy day of putting and it's been our whole week, well, okay, take 20 minutes, 30 minutes of your day. It could be in your house even. Like you just got to practice, you know, the stroke of putting. Like you just have to practice. Practice is how you're going to get better. Well, and that's what we're here for too as an instructor. Like you can ask me like ask me what it is like a lot of students that wants to practice and have the time to practice because we also have to realize that everyone is busy so technically this is your job like yeah, you want to yes, play on tour so yes. like, you don't have an excuse like I remember when you first started and you were like I want to play on tour and you thought it was like okay to practice two hours a day and you're like oh great like I was I yeah. went to Target today like uh, yeah no, we got to practice. Yeah, we got to really practice. practice. Um, but a lot of students, you know, ask me like, okay, can you give me a drill or two or three or four or five um, that I can do like at my house, but also out here? And that's what I appreciate. Like that's that's the feedback that I, that I want and need. Um, but so to get back to that with structured practice, to get better, you have to practice. However, you need feedback on what to practice. So I always have my students and I have, you know, from, um, from college, I have this stat sheet and it literally tells you everything. So the first thing is, okay, like what par is it? And then, um, you have to fill out if you hit the fairway, if you missed the fairway, did you miss it left? Did you miss it right? If you hit the green, did you miss it right, left, short, or long? If you did hit the green, were you within 30 feet, 15 feet, or five feet? And then if you were in the bunker, were you able to like make a sand save, which means you got out of the bunker with one putt? If you missed the green, um, were you able to make an up and down? So there's a lot of stats in that, which I realize can be a little overwhelming, but that is a way that we're going to figure out what it is that you need in your game. So I always have my students kind of track, um, like I simplify it for them. So just tell me, okay, like how many putts did you have? That's the first thing. So how many putts did you have? How far away was your first putt? Was it within... 10 feet, 20 feet, 30 feet, 70 feet. Like, was it outside of 70 feet? You know, it could have been like a huge green. Um, but that will give me some feedback. Okay, if your first putt was not close enough, you're going to three putt. 
So if you're always outside of 50 feet, that should be what you practice. So there's already structured practice. You already have black on white telling you what it is that you are missing in your game. So every day, go out to the putting green. Like count off 50 feet. And if you don't know, you don't have to be exact. But if you don't know what 50 feet is, then just guess. <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. like step it out, right? Like eyeball it a little bit. Like, okay, how far was usually my longest putt? And then go out, putt 25 times from 50 feet. How many times out of the 25 were you able to two putt? And you're going to realize real quick. You're not that good. <laughs> that you are probably yeah, not as great as you think you are. Yes, yes, I know. And we all but. think, oh, I think a lot of the times we push aside like things that we don't really want to work on because it's like, oh, for example, for me, bunker. A lot of the times I don't like prioritize my time for bunker and instead I prioritize it towards putting because I love putting and I could putt for hours and hours because I just I kind of find joy in it but bunker is kind of just like this like oh my gosh because when you're on the course it's just you can't touch the sand I don't know I don't know why and so well, I and have you to, don't want to hit in the bunker you don't want to hit the bunker who wants to hit out of the so bunker who wants to practice bunker when we're not going to be in there anyway exactly that's literally <laughs> my approach to it <laughs> And so oh, I know, I know. So recently we did a bunker lesson. And so I have to take that the lesson you gave me and do it on my own. And today I practice a bunker out of a bunker. And just even if sometimes it doesn't have to be a thousand bunker shots, because sometimes I will do it from the same spot and that's not going to get you better. I think when it comes to practicing in just putting it could be chipping. You can't just hit 50 balls from one spot unless it has a purpose. If it's exactly like, right. if it's 20, if you're working on 20 yards, then yes. Okay. Hit 50 golf balls from there and then back up and do 50 golf balls from 30 and then 40. Like that's where, yes, hit more than just one, you know, you know what I mean? Yes. And exactly what you're saying too. Like it's easy with this statue to know right so like with putting chipping bunker but for bunker practice in in like specifically bunker practice what was your purpose in the bunker like just hitting a thousand golf balls out of the bunker okay we track them and we're like oh i hit 999 golf balls out of the bunker well how did i get it out of the bunker like what did i do to get this out of the bunker so if you need structured practice in the bunker like draw a line and try to get rid of the line and you've already structured your practice you don't even have to hit golf balls and then for chipping like you were talking about on the stat sheet if you have zero up and downs 10 yards off the green then yes that is what you have to practice mm -hmm. so then you're gonna line up golf balls take 20 golf balls and just walk around the green yes right so it's all how you structure it, but then also like, what is your purpose with that practice? So if it's just getting the ball out of the bunker, great. But then I need to know how to get it out of the bunker. So you can't mm -hmm. just walk in there and hit golf balls yes. <laughs> without knowing how to do it. Right? Exactly. And that's exactly with range. A lot of people go to the range. They just get bucket of balls and they just hit as hard as they can because they just like that's all they want to focus they want the ball to go far and then they're chunking it they're topping it they're shanking it it's like 
you can't. And then it's like, okay, 50 golf balls in 10 minutes. I mean, it's quick. Yeah. And so you got to really prioritize your time because for me, I did not spend a lot of range time when I picked up golf in high school. I just was like, well, I'm not good at that. You know, I don't like, I'm not hitting the ball well. And so I don't really want to practice it. And so I just would go to chipping and putting and I would chip and putt, chip and putt over and over. Cause you know, they kind of taught me, you know, golf is short game, short game. And it is, but it's also a long game because well, you have to get to the green. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm so, the one yeah. just like, you know, topping the golf ball off the tee at a tournament. And it's like, oh yeah, maybe you should like practice that. Yeah. And so college came along and I practiced a little bit more, but I still like leaned into just more short game than long game. And I, I regret that. Honestly, I wish that I was like set aside practice with a purpose on the driving range and it'll make you such a better player. You but what is, so to you, what is practice with a purpose on the driving range? I guess it would be okay. Like right now where you're at with a uh, swing instructor, with a fitness coach, with me as your golf coach, what is your purpose when you hit golf balls on the driving range? I can tell you if you don't know it. <laughs> uh, 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 working on the swing? No, I well, make sure that like I have basically a routine like I do with putting. Like I usually always from club like, oh, wedges, irons, but I use alignment sticks. I use a towel from like a technical standpoint. I try, I imagine that, you know, you and I instructor are like kind of watching and being like, hey, you got to be putting in what we tell you and not kind of just like doze off and oh, yeah, I'm just gonna hit all these seven irons and they're so good. Well, honey, you're not touching your four iron. Like a lot of the times I have to really make sure hit the clubs that you don't like on the driving range. Because a lot of the time it's just, I think a pitching wedge through seven iron are my comfortable golf clubs. And then you get the six, five, four up to the driver and it's like, oh boy, how am I going to control this? Because it kind of more things come into effect. I feel like with those longer clubs, you're set up just more, it's faster because you want to hit the drive farther. And so, I don't know. I think I just kind of push those aside, the clubs that I don't really want to hit. And so. True. So if you would structure your practice on the driving range, your comfort. So what you're saying is that your comfort is your seven iron. Mm -hmm. but you don't also want to go up there with a seven iron and like have a conversation and listen to a podcast while they're doing it. Cause then you're not really thinking about what you're doing. You're just swinging the golf club. Mm -hmm. So if you're just swinging the golf club, you're not, well, you're going to get better because you get repetition if yes. you do it the right way. Mm -hmm. But what we work on a lot is angles. So angles in your golf swing and everyone should work on their angles in their golf swing. So you can call it whatever you want, but for us, specifically for you as our student, you have four little stops in your backswing, right? So one, two, three, four is the top, right? So yeah, that is literally your structure in your golf swing. And that is what you warm up with every single time. You get your alignments, sticks set up mm -hmm. the way we've told you that we need them to be set up. Mm -hmm. And you watch yourself create these angles in your backswing yes you've already had your structured practice right there yes does that make sense yes so when you're on the driving range because that's much harder right and for you that's a little deeper into your journey or a little further along in your journey you can focus on those four angles 
mm-hmm. and then tomorrow we're going to focus on your follow through and then we're going to focus on your balance and then but it is just very overwhelming yes and so if you're <laughs> new to golf or just in general like simplifying the golf swing because it's so complex like if we can simplify the golf swing like a lot than just thinking about one thing just one thing like grip maybe for a beginner well or I, would it depend on the player it themselves? definitely depend on the player because and this is obviously like in this podcast we're just talking about our opinions and mm-hmm. how we approach situations and for you as a player and for me as a as a pga instructor we can only talk about like our experiences and and how we like approach situations but I don't think that there's a swing that fits all. I believe that everyone needs something different. So if you are a player that goes online and you watch YouTube clips and you read, like, I don't know if people read magazines anymore, but if you read an article and someone says, oh, this will help you. But if you don't have enough knowledge about the swing, then that one thing might not help you. Or it might help you for the first five swings and then it doesn't work anymore. So you're compensating somewhere in your swing. So for me as your coach and and for Drew, your swing instructor, like he's giving you so much information so that you have more knowledge about the swing so that it makes sense for you why you are doing something or why you need this angle, right? Yes. Um, but for someone that just comes out to hit a bucket of balls on the driving range, what is the one thing that you're focusing on? What's your one purpose? And you should have that for, if you buy a small bucket with 30 golf balls, like you should have 30 practice swings or more. And then you should hit 30 golf balls with just that one thing. Yeah. Or two things if you're capable of handling two things. I'm just curious, like if someone's purpose is like, oh, well, I don't want to top the ball. Like, is that like a negative way to practice? Because some people, I feel like I watch, I'll just watch, you know, because I'm curious about people's golf swings. (laughs) Like sometimes after like 10 golf balls, they're like, oh, I'm just done. Like, especially if they keep topping it or something, they're just like, oh, I'm done. They quit. They quit. Well, so they probably didn't have, first of all, a purpose with their practice. Because they're just coming out thinking, I don't want to top it. Well, as soon as we put any of those words in our head, it's like already a negative mindset, right? So we're going to turn around the not, no, don't to what we're actually going to do. So if I am a player that constantly tops the ball, if you don't know the reason why you are topping the golf ball, how are you going to fix it? Got it. Right? So you know the reason why we top the golf co- uh, the golf ball mm-hmm. is because our spine angle changes, right? Yes. So it's a little complicated. We can talk more about it later. Yeah, in a later different podcast. But mm-hmm. if you're topping the golf ball, your spine angle changes. But if you don't have that knowledge, how are you going to fix it? Got you're going to continually change your spine angle and you're continuously going to top the golf ball. Yeah. That but makes if, a lot of sense. if that is, if that's what you're working on, then when you go to the driving range and you have the knowledge of, okay, like someone told me how to keep my spine angle the same at impact or, you know, at the right angle at impact, then you can hit your 30 golf balls working on that. So that's like the harder part about structured practice. But I want to say if you can have one drill for putting, one drill for chipping, 
one drill for bunker, and then track it. So whatever you do, if you go out, um, let's say you come out, you have time for, I don't know, three days a week, and you choose that this month I'm going to work on putting. Then if you come out and hit 25 golf balls from 50 feet, then you're going to track how many two putts you had to see if you get better. Yeah. Because you're not going to remember how many you made. So I do have a question as I'm thinking about it. So I kind of want the listeners to hear a little bit about your college golf experience. And I'm just curious, what was your practice back then? Just from a call, like, because you were at a, it wasn't a division one. Yeah. So I'm baby. curious what, like, what was your guys's practice or even like in your childhood days back in Sweden? Like, what was your oh, practice man. sessions? That's okay, what I want to know. <laughs> That's going to be like a whole episode about my golf journey in Sweden, because I'll tell you, like, that's way different than what these kids are going through now. Yes. I mean, I swear these kids, like, I don't know, they're on crack or something. Are you throwing Gen Z kids <laughs> under the bus? Yes, Come I am. On, you're no, the <laughs> I'm kind of happy that I'm like 35 and I did that like 20 years ago. You're not a part of Gen Z like no, me? I really appreciate that. I don't want to be a part of the Gen Z. I'll... I have a story about that, but anyways, back to structured practice. Um, when I grew up in Sweden, honestly, like long story short, and we'll talk more about it, but growing up, growing up in Sweden in my small town, it was kind of based on seasons. So everyone in my town played soccer in the summer. We played hockey in the winter. And then, you know, that's just kind of how it was. So it was like the same kids playing the same sport. We just kind of went with the seasons and golf. So my, my dad owned his own business and this was back, I was 10 years old. And so he owned his own business and all of his sales people started having their meetings out on the golf course. And one day he was like, Hey, I need to go to the golf course. I need to practice because I'm the owner of this company and um, I don't know what's going on. So I need to start learning. I need to learn how to play golf. So do you want to come with me? And I was like, sure, that's fine. Um, so we went out and I swung a golf club and my dad was like, oh, okay. Because I was pretty like average at all the sports, but like golf was like something that I guess was like a little above average. Mm -hmm. And so long story short, he put me, they, my parents put me in like a little junior group or whatever. And like, it was just fun. Like yeah. my mom literally drove me around the country to play tournaments, but because Sweden, like super small country, like it was the same group of girls and boys traveling to just different courses, playing each other all the time. Mm -hmm. So it was just a little different, like obviously like the size of Arizona, like, I don't know, it's like 10 times the size of Sweden. Small town Sweden. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, like just the country in itself yeah. is just so small, but um, so yeah, so I don't even remember practicing in Sweden, to be honest. You were more you laid back? <laughs> no, it was yes. like, uh, I might have gone to the driving range once or twice, and then we played a tournament. And I don't know. I just never, like, questioned it. But I was a kid. Yeah. I'm surprised that my parents didn't push me more. But anyways. Yeah. Because what was um, the I think change? they were just yeah. happy yeah. that I played golf. Because then what about America? Then what was Indiana so, like? What, what flipped the switch compared to? So, so when I was contacted by an agent um they just called me one day and was like hi my name is blah 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 and we're wondering if you're interested in in playing college golf and I thought it was a joke <laughs> I was like what first of all how'd you get my number um 
but so we met up with this agency and they were kind of telling me the process and uh, about, you know, playing golf in college and you can get a scholarship and you can get a bachelor's degree. And in Sweden at the time, we didn't really go to universities. Like after high school, we were just done and then we got a job. And so, you know, by the time I was like 26 and my hat, I, cause I got my master's degree as well. Um, to stay in the country. Am I allowed to say yes. that? <laughs> like, is immigration going to come get me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but by the time I was 26, like all my friends were like super high up in their jobs and I'm over here, like haven't made a penny um, yet. Um, but anyway, so when I came to college, I went to middle Tennessee state my freshman year and every day we had practice. I mean, four or five hours a day. And I was like, oh my gosh. How'd you have time? What about classes and stuff? Like how? Oh, we do. So you go to school in the morning. Mm -hmm. So like, and I get it now. Like this is why my time management skills are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Because you literally wake up at 6 a.m. You have a workout. From 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. You work out. From 8 till noon, you go to school. From 1 to five or one to six, you have golf practice. And from seven to eight or seven to nine, you have study hall. Mm-hmm. Like that's, those are the days. Yeah. Like you have zero time to do anything. And especially for me, I mean, second language, like yeah. <laughs> I, um, I came here and like we speak English, but like imagine just being like thrown into a country and be like, uh, yeah, <laughs> nobody understands Swedish. So <laughs> SOL. Yes. Uh, <gasps> but anyways, so those were the days and then we would travel to play golf tournaments like during the season because in in college golf like season is spring and fall and then you play all your tournaments in the summer so there's no break um and after my freshman year you know I transferred to Indiana and I mean it's the same structure and I remember like traveling because now I'm in the Big Ten and you know we get to go oh gosh we got to go to the most beautiful places I mean, we traveled to Hawaii. Well, not me, because I was benched at the time. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. I have a lot of stories for you. Oh, yes. And I think honestly, the school students that I teach now, like if they would just know half of the stuff. Yeah, no bueno. But we got to travel to the most beautiful places. Mm-hmm. and But it was the same thing. I mean, you practice four or five hours a day. Mm-hmm. And even when you're off, you're not off because you want to go out and you want to work on putting. But I mean, look at all these colleges, like look at division one, like look at what they shoot. Yeah. Sixties. It's like, yeah. Set like all the time. Park. And that's ladies golf mm-hmm. or girls golf. Yeah. So just like look at, I mean, community colleges here for men. Yeah. Like they're all in the reds. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. And that's a community college. Which I was very surprised because when I played, I played at Park University and it was NAIA level. And for girls, it was like still kind of 70s, 80s. You know, I was more of like, I don't know, maybe shot high 80s, low 90s. Um, But it was just different. But still like those top guys, like they shot in the 60s. Like it was pretty impressive. Yeah. Like when it comes to. Yeah. That's why I'm okay with not being a Gen Z. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because yes. the scores are just getting lower and lower, lower with and gen- technology is just like evolving <laughs> um so yeah I'm, I'm pretty happy you know that i graduated 13 years ago 
oh. or so, 12 <gasps> years ago. I don't, I don't even know at this point. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was interesting. I mean, just a difference, but I, something that I truly appreciate from Indiana, especially, and from coach Wallman, who was my coach at the time. I mean, he made me to the woman I am today. I mean, he like pushed us to get better. And as much as, you know, we disliked that at the time because it's the same routine every day. I mean, as we grow up and and me as a business owner now, just the time management and leadership skills and all that, like, I truly think that comes from having a routine. And if that is putting, chipping, bunker and, and hitting every day, it's just priorities. So yeah, structured practice if you want to get better. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. And if you don't have ideas, like ask an instructor, ask someone. Like, uh, yeah, just, I mean, and you know, our little Facebook page, yes. Spela Golf, we can give you all the information that you need. We'll give you all the drills. We'll give you videos, anything that you need. But practice, practice, practice. It's <laughs> so what you got to do to get better. Don't come complaining. <laughs> it's like you want to get better. So, but I yes. feel like, um, yeah, a lot was structured practice. So I learned a lot. Keep learning. So, yeah, I agree. Just keep learning and take in drills, but really um, make sure you track your progress and track your stats when you go out and play next time so that you have an idea of what it is that you need to practice to get better. So. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening today, you guys. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love for you to share the podcast. Wanna hear you go?